What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from Coast of the Carolinas, by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, this is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. It's the Friday main show. Pumped up, getting ready for the weekend. Got the co-hosts with the most. The soup. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I actually turned the Thursday night game off. No contest. Uh, put on the premiere of LeBron in a Lakers uniform. It's the end of the first quarter, 34-31 Portland. So I'll be watching that the rest of the night. I'm torn here. Um, I'm a diehard Lakers fan, and I hate LeBron. So seeing him in that gold and purple just really – makes me feel a certain type of way. It's like a visceral nausea that I feel when I see him in that, in that Jersey. I just, I've never planned on rooting against the Lakers, but I don't think I can root for the Lakers as long as he's on the team. Yeah. I'm going to put the, uh, I put the name on the front before the name on the back for now. Um, Well said. But yeah, I can't. I I can't guarantee how long it's going to last. But if he start, you know, I mean, if he plays every game the way he's playing this one, I think he's got thirteen points, uh, three rebounds, two assists in the first quarter. Uh, if he keeps that up, it's not going to be hard to put the the name on the front ahead of the name on the back. Well, here's what I'm looking forward to: is that mid season stride where the Lakers are inevitably going to drop about sixteen in a row. And they're going to say, what on earth is going on? And 16 just, in a row. Well, all right. That might be a bit much. Let's say they go. <laughs> that might be. Let's say they go. I don't know. Three and night. Like they, they win three games in a 19 game stretch. That's what that we'll go with that. I still think that's a, that's very that's a big stretch, but I, dude, let, let, oh, okay, let, let, who's he I, playing with? He's playing with Lance. He's playing with Javale McGee. He's Listen, playing with uh, Brandon Ingram, who's one of the most promising young players in the NBA for Kyle what the Kuzma. last five years. For the last five years, Brandon Brandon Ingram has been one of the most promising players. When is he? When is he going to become I'm, the player that people think he's going to be? I mean, this is this is Brandon Ingram's third year. Okay. 
so and he's still gonna, nowhere near where people say he's supposed to be. This is he's played two full seasons. Tell that to Kevin Garnett when Kevin Garnett was a rookie. Tell oh that to God. Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons was a rookie. Tell that to Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis was a rookie. You come out, you're highly touted. You there is expectations, and I'm telling you right now, you wear that purple and gold. The expectations are even higher, and you better meet your you know. your expectations faster and he has not done it so until i see it i'm not buying into it kyle kuzma is more promising to me than brandon ingram is besides the fact that kyle kuzma plays less defense than uh, i couldn't even give you a comparison he plays on a defense in the nba defense isn't even a isn't even a usable metric in today's nba I'm not, I'm not even going to have this argument right now. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> just it's not. It's not a it's not a usable metric. We're talking then about why, teams that score 130 like, points a game. Nobody's scoring 130 a game. Why are guys like Kawhi Leonard so so sought after if defense is not important? Why is Draymond Green an all-star year in and year out? Why are guards like Chris Paul who lost his offensive ability who's still a defensive stud? Why is he so sought after? Why is Anthony Davis consistently in the MVP conversation? Because he plays both sides of the ball. Why is Jimmy Butler so important? Because he plays both sides of the ball. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Jimmy Butler is not important. Jimmy Butler is not important. You're okay. You're insane. If you think Jimmy Butler is not important. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. How is he he not that big of a deal? If he was that big of a talent, he would not be struggling to find a home outside of Minnesota where he does not want to be. I mean, it's not like he can just leave Minnesota. It's not an option. He's under contract. Yeah, but okay. Look, think of it this way. If you were, I don't know, Anthony Davis and you were like, I hate it here. This team's soft. I want out. You'd have teams tripping over themselves trying to offer their naming rights to their first burn, first born sons to get but Anthony Davis on their team. You're comparing Anthony Davis, who's a top three player in the NBA, to Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying Jimmy well, Butler is one of the best players in the NBA. I'm just saying Minnesota's I'm guys not, from the same list you gave. It's the same list you gave. I'm giving guys on who play both sides of the ball. Okay. I'm not giving right. guys in the same caliber. Okay. This is This is why I want people to be excited about the upcoming, well, it's already here, the NBA season and upcoming college basketball season. Because those of us that have been, or those of you that have been riding with us since August have no idea how deep basketball runs in the blood of this podcast. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Not that we're like in some big, huge spirited debate right now, but this is your average listener listening to this podcast right now has no idea how deep basketball runs for you and I, this upcoming basketball season will be fantastic. And those of you that are here now, you are in for a treat for basketball season. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So that being said, navigating away from basketball for a second, let's go with what everybody should be here for the time being, and that's football. Let's start with college football. 
the first line that you and I want to cover that we're both excited about is Oklahoma minus seven against TCU. Now, keep in mind, this is a TCU home game, but Oklahoma minus seven against TCU. What do you like? Right. So I like Oklahoma to cover this spread. Um, TCU has been a completely different football team ever since Ohio State mollywhopped them on national TV. Um, they got smoked by Ohio State. They got smoked by Texas. They squeaked out a win against Iowa State and then put up a measly 14 points last week and lost to Texas Tech. Uh, I like Oklahoma to come out and win this game in extremely convincing fashion. Uh, this is my play of the week. Uh, there, I don't think there's a spread that I like more than this. Uh, I think that their defense is starting to shape up and their offense is unstoppable. I like Kyler Murray to come out and make a statement in this game. I don't think TCU has the quarterback play to keep up as far as scoring goes. TCU does have decent defense, but I think Kyler Murray has his way with this defense. I'm going to go. I think Sean Robinson will have a couple big throws. He'll probably hit the 300 yard mark, but he's going to turn the ball over. I'm going to say two turnovers for Sean Robinson. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins this game. Something like, 38 to 17. I think, I, I don't think it's a contest. I really don't. I think the seven points is extremely low. Um, I'm going to say this is a three unit play. We haven't had a multi-unit play on the show in a while. I'm pretty confident in this. I'm saying Oklahoma minus seven, three units. Okay. Now this is not me poking holes, but I want to, I want to dig deeper into this because if we're going to do a three unit play, I want to make sure that we're sure on the three-unit play, and I'm sure the listeners want to make sure that as well. What about the argument that TCU's defense is probably a little bit better than average considering that they lead the Big 12 in total third down and scoring defense and that most of the guys on their defense are seniors? I mean, it's a veteran group, and it's a home game, um, and TCU is in a bit of a slump, so they're going to be looking to try to break that. What would be the argument against that point? So TCU has played Southern. They've played SMU. They've played Iowa State. They've played Texas Tech. Those are the four games where their defense showed up. They couldn't stop a bloody nose in the Ohio State game. and the game against Texas was when Texas really started hitting their stride. It was almost like the, um, it was like the, the opening of the gates for Texas about at about halftime in that game. So they didn't, they weren't, you know, they played Texas. Yes, but they didn't play the Texas team that is in full stride right now. Um, their level of competition has really helped that um that statistic of the third down and the scoring defense but they have Oklahoma coming up they have West Virginia they have Oklahoma State they have Baylor they have all their really tough conference games still to come i don't see that i mean i guess that's the st statistic might hold because they are in the Big 12 and there's not a lot of good defense in the Big 12 but having the best defense in the Big 12 i don't know if that's really saying much okay because what that's do you right. have? You know, what do you have to compare them to? Right. 
All right. Valid point. I mean, it's it's got to be a point-counterpoint kind of situation. Like I said, we want to provide the most in-depth analysis that we can. And uh, moving forward with that, we another line that you and I are excited about. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. It's very rare. And, you know, we've had a couple of these so far this year, but this is another one um, where this is a weekend where I like all of our picks. I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I, okay, let's let's rephrase that. I like our picks every week, obviously, because I'm putting money on them. But like, you know, I don't love you, but I like you. Like, I like these picks this week. And one of the ones that we really like is UCF versus UConn under 70 points. UCF high-powered offense, UConn abysmal defense. USF. What'd I say? UCF. Oh, I'm sorry. USF. South Florida. South Florida. sorry, Sorry, sorry. Uh, USF versus UConn, under 70 points. USF, still high-powered offense. UConn, still abysmal defense. Um, you know The middle letter was wrong, but the facts remain the same. USF can put up points, and UConn is absolutely terrible on defense. Under 70, I mean, the 70-point mark is super high. I th- I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's going to get real close to 70, but I think it's going to fall just short. What are you thinking for that game? Yeah, I like the under in this game. Um, and it's, you know, you made the argument that South Florida's got a good offense and UConn's got a bad defense. So, yes, South Florida's going to get theirs. But I don't think UConn puts up enough on the offensive side of the ball to hit this 70 mark. I say South Florida scores somewhere in the mid-40s. Um, I don't see UConn breaking 21 points. Um, in the games that they've actually played, Anybody of decent caliber, um, UCF, they scored 17 points. Boise State, they scored seven. Syracuse, they only scored 21. And Syracuse's defense is not good. Uh, Cincinnati, they only scored seven points. Against Memphis, they only scored 14 points. So Memphis beat them last or two weeks ago, 55 to 14. That's 69 points. That's an under. So I don't see UConn providing enough offense to help uh, USF hit the over here. So I think 70 points based solely off of UConn's terrible offense. uh, I'm going with the under 70 on this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head here. I think it's going to be UConn's terrible offense that lets uh, this under hit. So Last 10 years, no defense has finished a season allowing more than 47 points a game. Right now, UConn is allowing 53.7 points per game. Yeah, just a lot. I'm just, I'm just going to let that marinate for a second. I mean, that, that that's, a that's a lot of points. Yeah. yeah, that pause was on purpose. I'm going to let that marinate. 53.7 points per game. So, you come in there with a high-powered offense like USF has, and they're going to get their points. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not they can stop UConn enough to have that under hit. And I think UConn's offense is only slightly better than their terrible defense. Um, I think the under 70 is the right play here because 70 points is a ton of points. I just think it's going to be close to the 70, but I still like the under at 70. 
Yeah, I, yeah, 70 nuggets. Like I said, it, it, it comes down to UConn's offense. If UConn puts up 28 points, the over is probably going to hit. But seeing how they've broken the 28-point mark once this year, and that was against a really, really bad Rhode Island team, um, I don't see them doing it. I really don't. They've only broken 20 points outside of that game once, and that was against Syracuse, who does not have a good defense. I mean, they let up, what, 35 to pit. Right. Um so yeah, I don't, I I don't see this overhitting. No, I don't think it will either. All right, so let's transition away from college hoops. Let's get to pro ball, and again, more games that we're excited about, more games that we're in complete agreement about. You got the Tom Brady and the completely rejuvenated New England offense going up against the Khalil Mack. <laughs> Patriots coming in at minus three, and I like that line a lot. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna seed this to you because I know that you're a Patriots fan. Tell me why New England is going to cover this three points. All right, I know it's in Soldier Field. Um, I know Chicago is better at home, um, but this is the game that New England's defense needs to. I guess, right the ship. Um, they're going up against a below average quarterback. Yes. He threw six touchdowns against Tampa. I get it. Um, they're going up against a running game that is effective when used, but Matt Nagy doesn't use Jordan Howard. I mean, it's so weird. The guy get he'll get 10 carries for 52 yards and that's it. Um, New England's offense is in full stride right now. I'm sorry, guys. There's an echo going on. I don't know if Hold on. if you can hear it, Dale. Yeah. No, I can't hear it. Okay. Um, give me one second. All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what that echo is about. But, okay, so New England's offense is in full stride. Yes, they have Khalil Mack on the other side of the ball. But we, as we saw last week, uh, he was invisible because Miami schemed for him. They double-blocked him every time. He couldn't get to Brock Osweiler. I believe that if Brock Osweiler and Frank Gore can get up points on this defense, there's no doubt in my mind that New England will be able to. You're going to see a heavy dose of Sony Michelle. You're going to see a heavy dose of James White. I like uh, Josh Gordon's playing more and more snaps every week. Uh, New England, they started out two and two for the what third straight year in a row. And the last two years, they went out and won five straight. I expect the same thing out of them this year. I think New England manages Trubisky. You know, is able to stack the box and shut down the run game. Tariq Cohen will be the biggest X factor if we can stop him and the little flats out of the backfield. But I think New England marches up and down field on this defense. I think New England wins this game, I'll say 31 to 17. Okay, two notes from what you said there. One, you said we, um, which is. Yeah. <laughs> that's deep. Your fandom right. runs deep there. Um so, listen, I'm with you on this line. I'm co-signing on this on this spread. I like New England to cover the three points. 
if you're asking me, am I taking Tom Brady up against Mitchell Trubisky? Of course, I'm going to take Brady. Um, New England's offense has shown itself to be in complete and utter synchronization with the Chiefs game. I like it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of New England's defense, but you already said like this is their opportunity to showcase themselves as being competent. Of course, here's why I think that New England's going to win and you, you know, you sort of chime in here if you see necessary is that if I'm not mistaken with that Miami game, Khalil Mack got I don't know to say he's hurt, but he missed practice this week and they're listing him as day to day. If Khalil Mack is a no-go, even though he's never missed a game before, if he's a no-go come Sunday, it's a foregone conclusion that I think New England covers his three points. Oh, yeah, for sure. And one other thing with Khalil Mack, he's the one player on the defense that has a possible chance of containing Rob Gronkowski, and we haven't seen Gronk break out yet this year. Um like everybody says, he's too fast for linebackers. He's too big and strong for safeties and corners. Khalil Mack has the speed and size. I think if they line Gronk up more um, off the line, it's going to cause Khalil Mack to stay out of the pass rush and actually play coverage, which is going to give Tom Brady all the time in the world um, to find his man, Julian Edelman. They have not missed a beat those four games. I there's, I mean, they were, they're practicing together. They're, you know, they're meeting up outside of those four games. Those two are on a different level as far as just an understanding of where Edelman's going to be and where Brady's going to throw the ball. It's opening up for Chris Hogan, who's getting more catches. Um, yeah, I just containing Khalil Mack in this game is going to be the key. And I think New England will be able to do that with, uh, with Rob Gronkowski, because I don't think anybody else in that defense can be able to stop him. So it's either going to be Gronk gets shut down because Khalil Mack's not pass rushing, which works out for New England, or they throw, you know, a guy like Brandon Marshall or on him, and he absolutely torches him, and Gronk has a huge game, and New England thrives off of that. I, I, I don't see how there's I – don't, I don't see a positive for uh, Chicago's defense in this okay. one. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, I, I completely agree with this line. I like it a lot, actually. And I agree with you that Khalil Mack is the X factor here. So finishing up our free picks for this episode. And guys, if you want more picks, uh, want to navigate you over to our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Fistful is with one L because we're keen on proper spelling here. So fistful of cash. So patreon.com fistful of cash. What you get... Uh, for that monthly fee one is the fees go towards keeping the production and the value of the show at what it is i know that soup said that he was having an echo i didn't hear it on my end hopefully we get that squared away in editing i'll try my best with that um but also with with that you know you get five six if you look at last ufc pay-per-view event we did the whole card there are a lot more additional picks available to you through the Patreon page, you know, our, our record is what it is. It's posted in the show notes. You can see what it is. And that includes Patreon and free picks. So if you're just playing free picks and you think that you want a little bit more navigate over the Patreon page, you can search for it by podcast name, fistful of cash. You can search for it by my name. 
However you want to search for it, Patreon's got you covered. We're not listed as adult content anymore, so anybody can search for it. Go ahead and do that. And last little bit of housekeeping here before we get into our last free pick is iTunes reviews. Listen, guys, I know previously before I was saying, you know, that if you go on and leave a review, I'm not even, I, I don't care about the review. If you go on and just click the stars that you feel is commiserate with what you're receiving on from us. So if you think this is four stars, great. You think it's five, even better. Somebody evidently thought it was a one star. So good for you too. Uh, whatever it may be, get on there, vote accordingly. The stars help out. The ratings help out a lot. We, you know, obviously prefer the four and fives, uh, but you know, we we also we're honest and transparent with you. Be honest and transparent with us. But anyway doesn't need to be a written review. It takes three seconds. If you're listening to us on your iOS capable device, just go ahead, select our name, scroll down a little tiny bit. It's like three finger swipes down, click those five stars, be much appreciated. It helps us out a ton with the metrics that iTunes uses. So that being said, getting into our last free game, and we're going to wrap this thing up here pretty quick this week, Vikings versus Jets. We like the over at 45 and a half. I'm going to tell you real quick, Soup, why I like that over. So why I like that over is Darnold, despite turnover issues, has shown himself to be a competent quarterback. And Kirk Cousins, who the Vikings felt like they hit the, you know, they hit pay dirt with quarterback selection and acquiring him throughout, you know, through the offseason. He has yet to really prove himself. I think that this game is going to be a shootout. And I think that... I'm not confident enough to bet the actual spread on this, but I'm confident enough to say that I think this is going to be a shootout. Real quick, if you are going to bet the spread, in the last 10 games, the Jets are 8-2 and two against the spread. Not bad. So with that being said, I like this game. I like it at a shootout. I like it covering the 45-and-a-half pretty easily. What do you got, Sue? Right. Um, in the last two games, uh, the Jets offense is firing on all cylinders. Like you said, despite turnovers, um, they're hitting big play after big play. Darnold's finally getting Robbie Anderson involved. Um, he was, you know, completely irrelevant the first three or four weeks because Darnold was just, you know, getting his feet wet. Um, he was afraid to throw downfield balls and that's Robbie Anderson's game. He's a burner on the outside. Um, Quincy and Nunma goes down, which then puts Darnold at number one. You've got Terrell Pryor on the other side of the field, who's another downfield deep ball threat kind of guy. And then you've got Jermaine Curse across the middle of the field. Um, so in order to complete passes, Darnold really does have to throw downfield balls. You throw it up, Terrell Pryor and Robbie Anderson are going to make some plays. They're good enough wide receivers. And like you said, I hate using this saying. I really do. I hate saying someone's yeah. due. But the Vikings offense is due. Outside of that Rams game, the Vikings offense, they move the ball. They get the yards, but they're not finishing drives. Um, obviously, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, they are synced up. They're playing really well. I like a big game out of Stefan Diggs here because people are start, you know, at least trying to lock down Adam Thielen. And that's going to open up Stefan Diggs. That's going to open up Kyle Rudolph. Um, they finally got their run game going last week with Latavius Murray. 
Dalvin Cook's questionable this week. If I'm them, I sit Cook, let him get 100% healthy and ride Murray because he did have a breakout game last year. We know Murray's competent. He's a six foot three running back who runs like a 4 4 40. Uh, he's a big, big, fast dude. So I think the Vikings offense breaks out in this game. I don't think the Jets' defense is that great. And like I said, the Jets' offense is firing on all cylinders right now. I like the over in this game. I mean, we could see like a 27-23 Minnesota. I think Minnesota does win the game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, like you said, I don't know if I have the confidence to bet the spread. I think it'll be close, but I do think it breaks the 45 yeah, and a half. I mean, looking at the trends online, that's where the money's coming in at too, is the, you know, people really like the Jets to cover here, but the money is coming in at the over. So regardless of how you feel about the spread, I'm not, I'm not confident in, in betting the spread, but I am confident in the over and the public seems to agree with that. That line is going to be on the move. So let's get that, that, uh, let's get that number in as soon as we can. And that goes as well. That goes as well with the new England game right now. It is at minus three. Um, Get your money in on that. Uh, I expect the sharps to come in and steamroll new England, up to probably minus four uh, minus three is a nice spread. Um, if they win by a field goal, you get the push. So normally I like to wait until Saturday night or Sunday morning to get my plays in to see where the final lines at, depending on how I feel like if we're taking an underdog and I think they're going to get more points, I wait. But in a, like you said, in this, in this over and in the uh, new England minus three, I expect both these lines to move new England, probably to minus four, maybe minus four and a half. And I expect this over to go up to something closer to 47. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a conservative yet accurate assessment of the situation. All right, guys. So there's no MMA this weekend, but what we do have is a interview with Jimmy the Terror Rivera. He is currently the number five ranked bantamweight in the UFC, and he was super gracious enough with his time to uh, you know call in, and him and I had a pretty decent conversation where we talked about, you know, what's next for him in the division and who he's looking to fight next. Also his take on the Connor Khabib aftermath and, you know, the, the fights have since been announced, but when we recorded the interview, they had not been, he sort of announced some fights that, uh, that had been booked that, you know, John Doe public did not know about that being said, I probably should have, you know, sort of said something ahead of time, but for the sake of, privacy and confidence. I did not say anything and I appreciate Jimmy coming on the show. It was a pretty good interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I'm pretty sure we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the show after the interview. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off now and we're going to end the show with the interview. You cool with that soup? All right, guys. So until Tuesday, we will be active on social media. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, any sort of in-depth analysis, a lot of you guys use social media to reach out to reach out to us, and we appreciate that. As those of you who do that can attest, we are active. We are there. We will answer questions. We will help out any way we possibly can. There are big things on the, on the horizon for the show, big things happening this weekend. Looking forward to having a good, successful weekend. And uh, I will talk to all of you guys on Tuesday if I don't talk to you on social media first. That's it for me, guys. Take care. Yeah, guys, enjoy the interview. Uh, And like we said, 
There will be six additional picks on the Patreon page this weekend. So if you're not a patron yet, get over to our Patreon page, subscribe, get on iTunes, you know, leave that five-star review. Um, as always, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose. All right, guys, I'm in here now with the one, the only, UFC's Jimmy, the Terror Rivera. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How's everything going? Everything's good, man. You know, just just living this dream. I'm sure you can say the same thing. I'm glad you took the time to join us. Um, here's the big thing, man. I, you know, obviously, I know we're crunched for time. I got a bunch of questions. I'm going to try to get as many of them in as I can. But no but what's next? We're, you know, it's been it's been a minute. Haven't really seen you. In, you know, since the Dodson fight, as far as you know, pining for a fight. What comes next? Um, we're just trying to figure that out, waiting for the EOC to get back to us and let us know. But, you know myself and Ballinger Group, my manager Lloyd. Well, I mean, I, I saw with the Dodson fight, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there were parts of that fight where you looked sort of frustrated with the way that he was fighting. I mean, it really looked like you wanted to come out there and put on, uh, you know, a super show, and your performance was fantastic. But were you frustrated during that fight? I mean, I said it before the fight, and now he knows why. Um, that's, you know, I said either it's going to go, you know, it's going to be very entertaining to fight, or it's going to be a really boring fight. It depends on if he stays in the pocket or he's not. If he ran, and that's the way it is. It turned into, like, you know, John Lineker, uh, Dotson, but I said, you know, John took some more kicks and, and punches, and then I did, you know, and, and that's it. There's nothing else really I could, could really do in that fight when someone wants to not right well speaking of lineker i mean you were booked to fight him before and you know Cruz. either one of those guys on your radar is that a fight you're looking for um you know what right now i i, I can't say i can't really say anything because i'm just waiting back to hear who's healthy who can fight who can't fight you know what i mean obviously i'm five right now i would like to move up and fight um i'm not sure i think i heard marvin might have something or Cruz. Uh, some people might be scheduled already or not. We're not sure yet, so I'm just kind of waiting to see who they have available and then kind of figure out from there with my management. I got you. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if, if I could... If I could rub a crystal ball and give a an MMA fan's dream pick, I'd love to see you and Dom go at it, man. When that fight was first announced, uh, that was... You know, that was an MMA wet dream, and I hope that they end up making that fight again. Uh, you know, that, that's... Stylistically, I think that's a great matchup for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't really know. There's nothing I can really do or, or push. Either people are healthy or they're not healthy or whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm just, you know, staying in shape, helping my teammates out, training, and, and that's it. Let me ask you this. and you, This is in sincerity. It's not a fanboy thing. Because you went on the run that you went on, and you, with the minor setback, but then you got you, you righted that ship with the Dodson fight, you know, you went years without a loss. I mean, and then you, when you got into the UFC, from the time you, you've been in the UFC, you've been taking the world by storm. I mean, and you made splashes in every other promotion that you've been in. Is it harder for you to get fights? or guys seeing your name come up across on a contract and going, uh, I think my hamstring hurts? I mean, how is that? Well, you know, when it comes down to it, I understand what you're saying. When it comes down to it, when you're trying to move up and there's, there's slim pickings, you know what I mean? Um... It's it's kind of hard to uh, to get a fight and stuff like that. It's, it's really hard to do it, um, especially when you're trying to move up. You know, you see plenty of times with like a Sansal who want to fight, but there's there's really no one to fight because everybody's booked for a fight in the top ten or 
he's been fighting a couple guys that are in, from 11 to 15 in the teams. You know, it, it, it kinda, it's kind of hard when you get in this predicament here. And then you have guys like TJ, you know, Cody, and uh, Dom who want to keep that trifecta. So one of the things I was listening to one podcast is that uh, I mean, Zero was saying, you know, want to kind of break up that trifecta right there, which I agree. I mean, like, let's get some good people in there. Let's have Dom fight someone else and Cody fight someone else and TJ and stuff like that. Let's, let's get some new blood in there. I'm with you 110%. And Bantamweight division is one of the, I think it's probably about the only division uh, in the UFC right now that seems to be just in this perpetual state of limbo. There hasn't been any really press or anything talking about what comes next. You know, they talked about the TJ Cejudo fight for a little bit, but if my personal opinion, I think Mighty Mouse should get another crack at Cejudo given the nature of that fight. And TJ's got to fight somebody other than Dom or. Uh, what you call it, or, or Cody. So, I mean, a Sun Sal makes, you know, perfect sense, but whoever's getting left out of that it most surely has got to dance with you at some point in time, I would imagine. You know what? Well, yeah, like I said, we'll see what happens. There's nothing else I really can do. and It's all kind of weighed on UFC. I mean, it was a big, you know, cluster uh, punch last weekend with the fights, the cluster punch with that. Um, <laughs> so right now, I'm just kind of waiting to see, you know, what happens. Um, and that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up this week or this past weekend. I noticed, uh, you know, anybody that follows you online noticed that you, you had some pretty strong opinions on what took place after the fact. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I was really, I guess, I was really uh, emotional about the whole thing because um, I think when it comes down to it, at the end of it, um, I really I wanted Connor to win, um, and a couple months ago, I probably would want to be to win. You know, as a fan aspect, as, uh, as a fan, kind of way, but whatever, whatever it came down to, like, could be one, and he did an awesome job winning. But you know, there's a lot of handling from both groups. At the end of the day, when you do something like that, you make all the other fighters look bad. You make it look like a violent sport, and you take it back to their early ages, where it's yeah, I know it's a fight. Yeah, you know, you know, it's nature, this and that. But this, it, 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 let's keep it professional. You know what I mean? Let's try to keep it as professional as possible. You know, yeah, I know they're saying stuff, but this is what happens. And when you sign up to fight Conor McGregor, you're going to get all that trash talking. And he's going to dig in deep. And I thought Khabib did great holding his um, opponent's composure, composure the whole time in the fight until after the fight. And I understand there was some heckling from Dylan Danis. There was some heckling from their, uh, Khabib's management or something like that or some guy that I don't even know. Exactly, you see a whole bunch of stuff. Man, if Khabib would have just put his hand up, get the belt around, talk at the end, say, yo, you know, you check out Joe Piaf, that's it. It would have been perfect. It's a, like, it's the perfect ending. And, you know, like they always said, everything was going perfect until the afterward sex. Now, when that happened, you know, you, it, he kind of, you know, he took it away from himself and he made almost Connor look like the victim. You know, they're saying, you know, Connor threw a punch. Yeah, he threw a punch. He, you know, he jumped out of the cage and Khabib's fighting his, one of his coaches and his other Coach, Khabib's coach jumps on the cage and they're both going at it. They pull Connor off and people jump in and, you know, uh, jump Connor to two fighters or whoever. And it just escalated from there. <laughs> I mean, at the end of it, if they end up doing the two, they're going to use that footage. And it's obviously great footage from a business standpoint to use. But I wish he just was out there and he would have just left it alone and, and, and walk away. But I understand when, when people say stuff about religion, stuff like that, I understand. But at the same time, you have to stay as professional as you, as you can. Let them do it and let them look bad, not you. Yeah, I'm with you. I 
here's the thing about that though is I think that if Khabib doesn't jump the cage, I don't know if you could sell that fight again with the way with the performance that Khabib put on. I, I'm really not sure how. Um, I mean, I mean, you definitely could sell it. Don't get me wrong, you could sell it, but, no, it, but you could sell a lot more now. Yeah, that's true. You know what? It's very true. If they do a second fight, which who knows if it's going to happen or not, you're still waiting on the commission. You know, October 24th, it's, it's going to you know find out what's going to happen to both fighters and, and you know I don't think money money to me doesn't matter it's like are they going to get suspended what's going to happen to these visa like that's the stuff paying money is whatever it's paying money it is, it is what it is but what's going to happen with suspension I mean if there's a year suspension for both of them I mean uh, for I mean Connor he's made a lot of money for Khabib he, he did pretty well on that fight uh, money wise but you know if there's a year suspension for Khabib and not Connor Connor's going to end up fighting probably Tony. You know what I mean? Or, you know, Khabib's going to end up getting stripped. And Dave's kind of said that in a way, but not direct. And it's more in here. You have to keep the division going. So who knows what's going to happen. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. It was it was a wild situation. Um, you know, I get, like you said, I get Khabib's standpoint. I get, you know, what comes with a Conor McGregor fight. I, I'm, And I also understand and completely agree with you. In that you have to, you're in there, you know, you're getting paid to fight somebody, but you do have to conduct yourself with a level of professionalism, in my opinion, that should almost be above reproach. And, you know, I, one of the things that that I really like about your, your style, man, is that, you, you know, when you come out, you win. And it's one of those things where, you know, they're asking, who do you want to fight next? And it's always just, well, I'm just going to go back, talk to the team and see what makes the most sense. And I, I can appreciate yeah. that. Rather than going out there and saying something about somebody's mom or where they come from or something like that. No, yeah, we usually we usually end up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say something about someone's mom or religion. Or their, their, I would say someone's back a little bit. Now. Like I'll, I'll say what I believe. You know, but I'm not going to say like this. Everybody's top five. I'm think you know they're not they're not suck. They're obviously all good in the top five in your seat, but I think they're beautiful. I think there is a flaw here. I think that he's not there. You know this and that. But when it comes when it comes down to it, you know, we sit down and talk about it. My management, my family, you know, my coaches. We see what's the best pick. What's all the scenarios? And then at the end, if I do get the mic, the last fight, and fucking get the mic, um, we have to be like, hey, listen, like, like in the line, I'm like, oh, cruise, let's fight. Hey, you're on the bench right there. You look like you're healthy. Let's, let's, let's fight December. So that's how you get a fight. Is you call out people. Anybody right now, I'll take anybody in the top. But again, like I said, I gotta wait to the OC comes back and says, "All right, well, this person can fight, this person can't. They're already fighting." So it's just one of those waiting games, and um, it kind of sucks. I mean, they didn't, I mean, I would have wanted the OC to have a big heart and a hard spot. So what happened? Trying to get an main event for MSG. I mean, I feel like they finally got the ball rolling now. It's just waiting on the last thing they should wait on is the commission on Nevada to see what happens with Connor Khabib. But besides that, I think they got it pretty going. You got to name that for MSG. Joanna and Valentina are still fighting now. I just saw Jessica I and Kate and she came in her fighting um, too as well. Those are big 125ers right there. Oh, yeah. So, it, so, you know, you just kind of got to see him wait and hear back. And you never know when you're going to hear back. You might hear one person. You know, you don't know what happens or what they're going to say. So I just leave it be. I leave the secure this in our management. We sit down and we talk. Right. All right, man. Well, look. You told me what time. I'm going to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you coming on. Real quick, though, fans, where can they keep in touch with what you got going on? Where can they find you? Anything, any causes or, or you know, sponsors that you want to support while you're on the show today? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, 
people to find me in my school. I'm right here right now in Tyrus Sherman, East 34, excuse me, 34 East 23rd Street in New York City. Social media, Jimmy Rivera 135 or Instagram, Jimmy Rivera. And then, you know, all my sponsors, I got a whole bunch, you know, Leech Boss Supplements, Tiger Gear, Fight Gear, uh, Eat Clean Throw, uh, Pro Gear for my PT. Like, all, I got all these people and there's a lot of people, so I just right. try to keep it short. And it's there now because there's a lot of people, you know, in order to be successful, you got to surround yourself with, you know, people want to go as you and, and you got people that are going to look out for your best benefits. I appreciate all them helping me out and, and helping me with my journey. And I appreciate you having me on. I'm sorry I have to cut you short. I got to go on that and teach. Listen, man, you're, you're helping shape, you're helping shape and mold the minds of the youth. There's nothing more valuable than that. Listen, I appreciate your time. I'm glad you came on. And once you get a fight booked, man, uh, I'd love to have you back on and talk to you again. Yeah, definitely, man. Anytime you've got my numbers, hit me up. We could definitely do something like that. All right, Jimmy. Thanks, man. Take care. No problem. Bye.